Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope, all of you who are gathered here in the room, those of you who are joining us online, we're glad that you're here on this uh, beautiful Palm Sunday morning. We like to begin our services with this greeting that Christians have been using pretty much forever. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Thank you. We believe that's true. We believe that the Lord meets us as we gather together to worship him, uh, that he meets us right where we are. Whether we're right here, whatever we're going through, whatever we bring with us into this time, whether we're uh, watching online, that right now God is with you right where you are. And uh, I know I'm grateful for that, that I don't have to uh, try to put myself in a different place uh, to try to connect with God, that he meets me. He comes to us and uh, right where we are with whatever we're going through. So let's bow our heads and pray to him as we begin. God, thank you. Uh, for meeting us here in the reality we live in with all the good and the bad and the ugly. Thank you that we can bring all of that into this encounter with you. And God, that's what we pray for today, that we would have an encounter with you, that we would meet the God who, uh, who made us, who loves us, who sent his son Jesus to set us free from sin and to let us know that we don't have to hide, that we don't have to hide any part of who we are, that we can just come to you, that we can bring to you our need, <laughs> that we can bring to you our, our failures, we can bring you our questions. We can bring all of it to you, God. We can even bring you our thanks and our praise. So today, God, we bring all of it to you. Uh, help us to be aware of your presence, God. Help us to recognize you as you, uh, as you meet us here, to hear your voice. So thank you for the songs we get to sing and the prayers we get to pray, for the scriptures we get to read, and for the, the communion that we get to celebrate at, at our Lord's table. God, we pray that in all of this that we might connect with you in a meaningful way. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you're interested and able, let's stand and let's sing as we begin. Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad you guys could join us today, both here and online.
That's the kind of thing that just breaks a man Break him down to his knees Gotta been broken more than a time or two Then you pick me up and Lord you set me free That's why I sing all my hope is in Jesus Don't deserve it Still you give yourself away 
There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. confidence look up and know thou hears my prayer give me on thee to wait things I can all things do on thee almighty to create almighty to renew I want a godly fear a quick discerning eye that looks to thee when sin is near and sees the temper fly a spirit still prepared with and armed with gen jealous care forever standing on its guard and watching unto prayer I want a heart to pray to pray and never cease, to never murmur at thy stay or wish my sufferings less. This blessing above all, always to pray, I want out of the deep on thee to call and never, never faint.
it up for those kids. Like, they look so happy to be having those palm leaves. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Wasn't that wonderful to see the kids running through? Of course, I was distracted. I was videoing. Sorry. Two of them came with us. So, <laughs> anyway, um, this is a psalm for the people of Ukraine this morning, if you'll join me. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me, and I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and with the pleasures of living with you forever. Pray with me, would you? Lord, we do thank you for this Sunday morning. We thank you for children who bring so much joy and life to our church. We thank you, Lord, for the, the reason that they wave the palms and the reason we sing Hosanna today as we mark the beginning of this holy week and we, um, our minds go to what is ahead, the celebration of your resurrection. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. And we, um, we just humbly come before you realizing, Lord, once again in, in, in humbleness and in quietness, the sacrifice that you made for us, the reason that we do celebrate your resurrection, because without it we could never know you, we could never know eternal life with you, and Father, we give you all the praise and glory and thanks for that. Lord, we do lift up the people of Ukraine this morning. We can't imagine in this country what it is they're going through. Unless we've lived outside of this, this country, we have no idea what it's like. The fear that they live with, and yet, Father, you have promised that just like you will never leave and forsake us, you will never leave nor forsake them. And in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the, in the, midst of all the pain, in the midst of all of the loss, Lord, you are still there and you are still working Lord, empower the church there through your Holy Spirit to meet the needs of every person that they possibly can. And then give each person an extra portion of your Holy Spirit, of your grace and your mercy, as they seek you and seek to find safety and refuge. Lord, I know that there's folks who have come in here this morning with needs and with burdens and with things that just have happened this week that just were not expected or not what they wanted to have happen. Lord, you know about it. You know that burden. And Father, I just pray that you would carry that burden for each person. Lord, we also came in here with victories and, and with joys that we've experienced this week. And we thank you and praise you because we know that every good gift comes from you and nothing that isn't good comes from you. So, Father, be with us in the rest of this service. Be with each person here in this, in this place and each person that is watching us online. Lord, may your spirit be known to each one. May the word that you have given Pastor Rich this morning, may it be exactly what we need today to be encouraged, to be emboldened, to be admonished, if that's what it is that you have for us. We love you, Lord. We give you all the praise and the glory for all that you're doing. And we ask these things and pray these things according to your holy name. Amen. And may the peace of the Lord be with you.
Good. Now, as you're comfortable, we invite you to go ahead and mingle a little bit, say hello to folks. If you're not comfortable, that's okay. Um, you can stay where you are, but as you're comfortable, please make a point to say hello to folks here in the sanctuary. And now is the time, if you have not already, now is a good time to sign up for that, uh, for that 6K. Um, the Global 6K for Water is coming on May 21st, and today is the last day to use this little promo code that uh, will get you $15 off. So whether you're paying the adult registration of $50 or the kid registration of $25, uh, use that little code. And it's on, if you go to Valpo6k.com and you scroll down, you'll see it there. You might just jot it down, WWD22, or you can just take your bulletin with you when you're doing it. Or you can do it right now if you want to. And, uh, and sign yourselves up for each person. It'll knock that $15 off because another donor has paid that to encourage you to participate. Uh, this provides clean water for kids uh, around the world, um, places where they do not have clean water where on average they have to walk 6K, which is like five laps around the park across the street. That's how far they have to walk to get water to then carry home, uh, and that's not clean water. That's water that animals use, it's water that is contaminated, that makes them sick, that shortens their lives, and having to do the walking keeps them from getting to go to school and all of that. And um, largely it's children and women who the, the weight of this falls on, although everybody then has to use that nasty water. And, uh, so, if you want to participate, you can change that for people, and they will send you uh, a little race bib. I got the email, and I've got the race bib. Oh, which I forgot to my backpack back there somewhere in the office. Anyway, um, the little girl that I'm walking for, uh, she's, she's three years old. Mine is. Julianne is her name from Chad. And, uh, and I know that she is going to have clean water in her community because I'm participating. Uh, my boys both have eight-year-olds that they're walking for, and my wife's walking for a 13-year-old. They're all in different countries. World Vision is working around the world providing clean water. If you want to participate, go to Valpo6k.com, hit the little Join Our Team button, and, uh, and then when you get to the end, make sure you punch in the little WWD22. It's for World Water Day this year, 22. And, uh, and you'll get that discount. Uh, someone else will pay a portion of your registration fee. So anyway, we would love to have you do that. And uh, you can sign up after today. You just can't get the 15 bucks off after today. So if you want to do that, please, please do. Um, and then uh, since you're here, if you're in the room, you can grab a little card back there and jot us a note. Or you can just pull out your phone like everybody watching online is doing and go to livinghope.info slash connect and let us know you're with us. Share how we can pray for you, how we can thank God with you, anything of the sort. Uh, just feedback in general, whatever you'd like to say or a question you'd like to ask. And uh, please do that. If you are writing it on a card, you can just drop it in that little offering box. If you're giving today, you can drop it in that box as well. Uh, or you can give online at, uh, at the, the giving link, livinghope.info slash give. Um, Oh, before I pass that up, uh, when you're giving online, if you want, or if you're dropping something in the box, if you want to give to help buy some crisis care kit stuff, uh, we're going to be sending crisis care kits. Our, our district's been challenged to gather 100 boxes of these things, which would be 600 kits, and, uh, and each kit ends up costing about 20 bucks, I think is what Pastor Judy said last week. Two Sundays from now, next Sunday is Easter Sunday, hope you'll join us, and the Sunday after that, in between the services, we're going to assemble these things. We're going to have them all laid out, all the combs and the washcloths and the soap and all the stuff that goes in there that I forgot most of it, and we're going to pack them all in baggies and get them in the banana boxes and have it all ready to go so it can go to the distribution site, and then a bunch of these are going to end up in Ukraine and in surrounding countries to help people who suddenly find themselves displaced have some things that they need. 
Uh, they also get used in all kinds of other ways, people who survive natural disasters, but it's basically for people who are displaced in some way, and it gives them some, just some basics so that they have something. So if you'd like to give to that, uh, instead of us all going out and buying all the stuff off that list, uh, because they're pretty specific about what goes in there, if you want to just give to it, you can jot missions uh, on a little envelope, or you can hit the little drop down at the giving website and hit missions, and, uh, and if you give to that today or, or next Sunday, then we'll know you want that to go to crisis care kits, and, uh, and we'll, we'll fill up a whole bunch of those uh, together between the services on the 24th. Um, yeah, and, and then if you want to give specifically to, uh, to Ukraine as well, you can give financially. Go to ncm.org slash Ukraine. If you just go to ncm.org, they've got a little thing at the top where you can learn more about some of the things going on in Ukraine, or you can give directly to that. That takes you right to the giving page. If you want to learn more, just go to ncm.org. It stands for Nazarene Compassionate Ministries. That's the denomination we're part of, the Church of the Nazarene. And there are uh, churches and ministries going on right there in Ukraine. I uh, just watched a thing last night. Uh, the pastor was interviewing a missionary who's in Poland. They're receiving Ukrainian refugees there, helping them to learn Polish, helping their kids to acclimate to the new community where they're living temporarily. And uh, so if you would like to help, you can just go to ncm.org Ukraine and you can give right there. Um, let's see, what else was I going to say? There's a bunch of stu other stuff going on. You walk by a box there in the lobby, and I saw some of you dropping stuff in. This is for the caring place if you want to help moms. Uh, that will be out there until um, a few days before Mother's Day. So don't show up on Mother's Day with a bunch of stuff because they'll have already given it to them, okay? Uh, so before Mother's Day, make sure you get some stuff if you want to drop something in there in the Movers for Moms box. And um, there's a, a group meeting here now a couple days a week, Wednesdays and Fridays, called Unity Cafe. Good stuff happening there. And uh, if you want to know more about that, uh, Sam would be happy to tell you more about that. Or uh, her phone number and email and all that, or Sam can wave at you right there. So, yeah. Uh, so Sam Burgett can, can tell you more about that. Um, I feel like there was something else. Oh, man, there's, there's bikes this Saturday. If you want to donate a bike or pick up a free bike out in the parking lot. Next Sunday, if you do want to, if you got little ones that maybe were in here waving palm branches a minute ago, they'll have a little Easter egg hunt in the yard next door, right beside the church, uh, in between the services. So right after this service, right before the 1030, right about 1015. Um, so that's happening. If you have friends you want to invite, uh, that'd be a good time, too. And as you can see, this service gets a little full. So next Sunday, if you are inviting a friend, say, you know, I'm going to try the 1030 service next Sunday and, and bring a friend to that one. The 1030 service has got more seats in it. So all you guys are early risers, I guess, and got places to go, things to do, uh, people to see. So anyway, I don't think there's anything else I've got to say as far as announcements go. I hope someone will wave at me if there is. Okay, no, good. All right, so Palm Sunday, man. Uh, for the last several weeks, we've been making our way through the, the Sermon on the Mount, looking to, to Jesus as a teacher who knows something about this life that, that he's given us and how we might want to live it. And then today, now we begin this, this Holy Week and this journey toward the cross and toward the resurrection celebration on Easter Sunday that we will excitedly celebrate next Sunday. Uh, but let me just read for you here. This is Matthew's Gospel. Since we were in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 uh, all these past few weeks, uh, I thought we'd read from Matthew's Gospel. And if you're making your way through those little, uh, these 40 days books, this is the scripture that uh, they've got you reading this morning. It says, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he'll send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went, did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. 
while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Um, this is this kind of high point moment. Uh, this is maybe the moment when, <laughs> when Jesus had the most people cheering for him at any moment. I, I know there was the time when he fed the 5,000 out there in kind of the wilderness, and there were probably a whole lot of people then that were you know, thankful for him if they knew that a miracle had taken place with that crowd. But this is a moment where the crowds are just cheering and chanting his name, and they're so excited to see him. It's crazy to think that this is happening on Sunday, and by, fr by Friday morning, these crowds are chanting, crucify him, crucify him, kill the bum, you know. Now they're hailing him as king, then they're calling for his execution. What on earth happens? How do people go from, from hailing him as king to, to asking the Romans to, to hang him from a cross until he's dead? It's, uh, it's, it's hard to understand, and I'll admit, it's, even with what I'm going to say today, it doesn't always make the most sense, but I think what makes sense to me is that they just didn't quite catch what Jesus was trying to do. And when Jesus did what he was there to do, they weren't sure they were such big fans of that. Um, now, it says in what we just read that, that he rides the donkeys to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. This is Zechariah, one of several prophets we have it in our Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures. Uh, the prophets had said that one day a king will come, a Messiah, an anointed one. Uh, that the Hebrew word is Messiah, the Greek word is Christ. They both mean anointed one. And that's what he did with kings. You anointed them with oil to symbolize God's presence with them. And Jesus had done this knowing that people are going to see, like, okay, you know, say to daughter Zion, your king comes to you gentle, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. That they're going to make some connections in their minds and say, ooh, ooh, just like the prophet said, here he comes. Here comes the king. And so they reach back to, to Psalm 118 and sing, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now that Hosanna word is not a normal word for any of us. It's not, it's not English. It's just us kind of taking a, a well, Hebrew turn to Aramaic, and, and just kind of turn that into English and just saying it. Um, but it basically means save us, rescue us, liberate us. It's a cry for liberation from a people who were oppressed by the powers of their day, by Rome. I, I went ahead and put Psalm 118 there in your notes, or at least a couple of verses of it. And this first phrase, Lord save us, that is Hosanna. Lord save us. Lord grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God and he has made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, join the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. So there's even a reference to like, you know, the wave in the branches, the, the boughs from the trees. Wave, you know, join in the procession up to the, the altar, to the temple. And sure enough, the next thing Jesus does after this is he, he heads to the temple. Um, but, but first, I just want to back up for a second. And this is a people who are hungry for help who are desperate for liberation, who have been oppressed, and who, around this time, there was a history of people working for freedom, working to, to be set free. There had been violent uprisings. There had been people trying, like, insurrection attempts. Uh, in fact, later in the story, you might remember, 
there's a moment after Jesus has been arrested and the, the Roman um, authority figure, Pilate, uh, it's a typical thing at this, during this Passover festival, uh, this religious festival of the Jews, for them to release a prisoner, to show goodwill to the people. And so Pilate asks, hey, do you want me to release this king of the Jews that's been arrested, this Jesus? And they say, no, no, give us Barabbas instead. And Barabbas, the Gospels tell us, was in jail because he had committed murder, had been part of an earlier failed insurrection attempt against Rome. So this was kind of in the air. In fact, it had just been 100 or 200 years earlier when the Maccabean revolt had taken place. Now, it wasn't the Romans at the time. It was the Seleucids, but it was another uh, world power that was ruling over the people of Israel, ruling over Jerusalem. And there'd been a somewhat successful revolt against those powers. Uh, a priest, uh, when, the, when the, uh, the Seleucids, the, the non-Jews, when they had tried to kind of break the backs of the Jewish people by, by uh, spoiling their religion, one of the priests stepped up and killed someone who was about to offer a, a, a sacrifice they shouldn't have offered. And uh, his dying words, I think Mattathias, I think was his name, his dying words to his kids were like, um, oh, I had written down, I forgot to grab that and bring it up here, were like, uh, basically like, hey, avenge me, uh, get them back for what they've done to us. It's a, it's a cry for revenge. And one of his kids, Judah or Judas, uh, ends up being called the Maccabee, the hammer, because of the way he did that, the way he fought back. And they did, for a time, have freedom. And after Judah, Judas, after he had fought off the Seleucids, he came riding into Jerusalem. And people laid down their cloaks. And as the people of Israel minted coins of, of their own once again, which they hadn't been allowed to do, you know, um, as they started minting coins, guess what they put on their coins? Palm branches. This was a, this was a, the symbolism of this is, is all over um, kind of political uprising. You know, this is, this is people crying out for help, wanting to be liberated, hoping that Jesus might be the king who will set them free, hoping that he might maybe bring a bigger hammer than, than the Maccabees had, because now they face a, a bigger enemy in Rome. Their hopes are high. But then Jesus doesn't choose that path. Jesus doesn't choose the path of... of um, a military uprising against Rome. Instead, what does he do? He goes to the temple and, and confronts his own people for the ways that they're taking advantage of the poor with the money changing and the ways that they are excluding the Gentiles from worship there in the, in the outer courts of the temple by filling those outer courts with, with animals. And so he drives them out and says, look, look, the Father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, this is supposed to be Israel first time here. Jerusalem first. Not, not about those other people. Come on, we're, we're trying, to, trying to stand up for ourselves here. And now you're saying we should welcome outsiders? This doesn't sound right. There's a moment, even on Palm Sunday, Luke highlights it. So I put it here in your notes, where as the crowd is cheering for Jesus, there's, there's one person that's not, not cheering. And I don't mean the, the scowling religious folks off to the side. They, they weren't cheering either. But right in the heart of the whole procession, it says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, this is Jesus, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. 
They will dash you to the ground. You and the children within your walls, they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. I, I got to say, this whole episode in Jesus' life um, scares me a little bit, humbles me, scares me a little bit, um, because it seems like nobody recognized, didn't recognize the time of God's coming, didn't recognize when God was present right there in their midst. And it makes me think like, oh, man, God, might I miss something that you're doing? I mean, the religious folks, that's, that's me. You know, this is my job. I'm paid to be, like, religious, right? I lead a church and all of that. The, the people who were most familiar with the scriptures, who knew their scriptures backwards and forwards, had memorized large chunks of it, they still didn't connect the dots to Jesus and what he was doing. And if they could miss it, I mean, I, I could miss it. I reminded last week, we talked about, uh, when we were looking at what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount about judging and being sure that we are gracious to others, like we want people to be gracious to us. And, and I, I jumped to what, uh, what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, about how now we just see in part and know in part. We, it's like we're seeing in a, in a dim mirror. And if the Apostle Paul has to acknowledge, I don't understand everything, I, I need to acknowledge, I don't understand everything. I need to, I need to admit, as I read this story, I know I wouldn't be Jesus in the story. Maybe I'd be part of the crowds, you know, chanting and welcoming him. But if so, I, to be honest, I might be part of that same crowd that just a few days later is saying, ah, we don't want him anymore. Crucify him. I mean, I, just in general, in life, I'm kind of the king of, of missing things, missing, on, missing social cues and not seeing things that are right, right in front of me. Just ask Stacy, she's here, you know. Um, even silly stuff, you know, I don't know how many times I've been looking for something in the fridge or in the cabinet and I tell her it's not there and I ask her where it is and she walks over and, here you go. It's right, right there, what? I, I looked right at that, I didn't see it. Um, there are plenty of times that I do that. Anybody ever uh, been kicked under the table because you're missing out on a cue that you're supposed to be picking up and someone's having to, just me, okay, I'm the only one that gets those kicks, you know. Uh, it's easy for me to miss things. I, I gotta say, I, it would probably have been easy for me to miss what Jesus was doing. We see what we want to see, you know, what we expect to see, what we're looking for. And when we need help, when we, when we need liberation, like they were crying out for liberation, and we have a certain picture of how that's supposed to come, how that's supposed to happen, it's really easy for us to kind of tunnel vision in on that and to miss some of the other help that might be coming our way or some of the other, the other paths that God might be opening up for us, paths forward, paths to healing, paths to peace. He weeps over the city. If you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. You know, you'll, your whole city will come down because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Now, I don't think that's like a malicious hidden from your eyes. I don't think that means like God had his hand over their eyes like, oh, I'm not going to let you see that. I think it's more like when I can't see the ketchup. All right. I think it's just it's hidden from my eyes. I just cannot see what's right in front of me. And he's saying, if only you would have paid better attention, if only you could have recognized. Now, some of you are real familiar with the story and what happens next. Does anybody recognize anybody in the story know what Jesus is up to I mean I've been reading it and I don't see a whole lot of folks in the story who are like on the same page with Jesus the whole time 
I mean, even his disciples, even those closest to him, he would think, oh, these guys, though, at, le- at least the disciples are going to get it, right? They've been walking with him, you know, this whole time. They, they know what he's about. You know, it was just a couple chapters earlier, as Jesus was making his way, it says, uh, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? That's his way of referring to himself. And they replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. You know, we just heard as, the, as Jesus was entering the city and people were asking, who is this? They said, oh, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. He said, a lot of people think you're a prophet. What about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. You are the anointed one. You are the one who's coming to, to bring us all, you know, all our dreams are going to come true. And you, you know, our, our hopes are pinned on you, Jesus. You are the Messiah. You're the anointed one. You're the son of the living God. God is with you in a way he's not been with anyone else. We see God in you, Jesus. And Jesus affirms that, says, yes, God, our Heavenly Father has revealed this to you. You're speaking the truth. This, this understanding of who I am is going to be foundational for the church that's going to be built on this, and the gates of hell won't be able to stand against it. And then right after that, it says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. He, he lets them know what's coming. He says, okay, guys, this is what's going to happen. It says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Moments ago, Peter's being lifted up. was like, yes, you get it. And now Jesus is saying, get behind me, Satan. You don't, you're not thinking the, the thoughts of God on this. You just focused on human concerns. And Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me, which has a very different meaning to them, I'm sure, than it does to us. We don't take up crosses, right? We, that's just not something we, any of us have to do. But in that day, that was something that they saw on a semi-regular basis. People having to carry their cross out to the place of execution. People getting nailed out there, hung naked on a cross by the road until they died to show you don't mess with Rome. You don't mess with the powerful. This is what happens if you try to stand up. And Jesus says, yep, that's where we're headed. You know, just where everybody wants to go, right? Just where we all want to see. I think that might be why when the people were asked, you know, who do you want me to release to you? Do you want this, this Jesus of Nazareth? Or do you want this Jesus Barsab, Bar, Barabbas who, uh, who is standing up to Rome, who, is, who has killed to defend his country? And they say, we want that one. That's the path that we choose. This is why this scares me, I think. Because I know how easy it is for me to choose that path. How easy it is for me to hang on to what I want to have my own picture of what liberation, what salvation looks like. And I might cry out to God. I might say the right things, but that doesn't mean I'm thinking God's thoughts. It doesn't mean that I'm on the same page with Jesus. 
I'm sorry, I know Palm Sunday is supposed to be, woohoo, yay, and we're waving palm branches, and it's exciting, and there's kids, and it's supposed to be like a happy occasion. And, uh, and here I am saying, yep, but Jesus in the midst of it is weeping. In the midst of this celebration, Jesus weeps because he knows, oh, you're missing it. If only you knew what would bring you peace. Now, Jesus does liberate. He is a savior. He does liberate people who are uh, trapped in, in sin, people who, are, who, are, who have been uh, uh, pushed to the margins. He, he welcomes them and embraces them. Uh, he, he lifts up women. He, he brings in outsiders. He highlights those. Like he, he makes a Samaritan, a hated Samaritan, the hero of one of his stories. Jesus does things over and over and over again. He, he gives sight to the blind. He gives hope to the hopeless. Jesus does liberate he does set free but his path to peace he he knows what will lead to peace and he knows that it's not standing up and swinging a sword at your enemy in fact there's there's a moment like that that would happen this thursday night as we make our way through holy week after jesus has the the passover meal with his disciples where he says this bread is my body broken for you this cup is my blood poured out for you. I just heard someone this last week saying if, if Jesus were, had chosen that other path, he might have said, you know, this is my enemy's body ripped apart. This is my enemy's blood. You know, let's pour it out. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus gives of himself for his enemies. As they're nailing him to the cross, he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. As Jesus makes his way through, he, he does not choose the, the path of violence toward enemies, but instead he, he does what he has taught us, what we've just been reading in the Sermon on the Mount, to love your enemies, to pray for those who persecute you. He, he walks the talk. He does what he taught us to do. So I hope for me and for you that we will, in fact, like pay attention to Jesus that we will notice the things he notices, that we will let him be our teacher, our rabbi, that we will apprentice ourselves to him and, and be his disciples, that we'll be willing to take up a cross, be willing to give, be willing to suffer for the sake even of our enemies. And I'm not sure what that looks like lived out in your life, uh, just to be honest with you, uh, because each of us face such different circumstances where we have opportunities to love people who aren't loving us where we have opportunities to, to listen to those who disagree with us and to try to do that in respectful ways, where we, we have opportunities to serve those. Um, I remember the Apostle Paul at one point says, if your enemy is hungry, give him, give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. You know, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. He's, he's trying to teach us how to follow the way of Jesus. God has been kind and patient and gracious toward us and now we can be kind and patient and gracious toward others so that we can reflect his love to the world as we talked about last week and palm sunday um, while it is an opportunity for celebration it's also an opportunity for lament for us to see jesus weeping and join him perhaps in that at the ways that we have missed it at the ways that we have not recognized uh, god's presence among us the ways that we have missed those things that would, that would lead to peace. Where we can ask God, please, 
Would you help us to learn from Jesus what it means to be a peacemaker? Would you help us to learn from Jesus what it looks like to to love enemies, to be gracious? Now, when this happens, when, when we Christians get this right, it is a beautiful thing. And you've experienced it. Maybe you've been on the receiving end of it. Maybe you've read stories about it. Maybe you've been able to live it out even. It can be a beautiful thing. It transforms societies. It transforms workplaces. It transforms families. When people take the grace they've been given and extend it to others. When, when with God's help, we find ways to, to love our enemies. When we find ways to work for peace. But likewise, it can be a, a pretty ugly thing when we don't recognize him when we don't follow him when we instead choose Barabbas when we instead choose to swing the sword oh I was in the back of my head I was like I started going somewhere and then I I stopped I didn't pick it back up I was thinking about how later you know that night where Jesus celebrates that Passover with his disciples and they go out to pray and the mob shows up to arrest him Peter swings a sword at one of them chops off a guy's ear because he's a fisherman not a swordsman and and thankfully and Jesus Jesus heals the guy's ear and then tells him, look, put away your sword. Those who live by the sword die by the sword. And that is when the disciples run away. <laughs> when they realize, you don't even want us to defend ourselves. We, we don't know how to do this, Jesus. And I, I just got to admit, I don't know how to do that either. And God forgive me, there are probably times I run from him. There are probably times that like Peter, I, I disown him. Times when, like the disciples, I completely miss what Jesus is about. And so this, this is kind of our last chance in this season of Lent to lament those things and to repent and to invite God to please, would you help us? Would you help us to, to turn from sin, to turn from selfishness, to, to understand that, yeah, what, what makes sense to me, God, it might not be what makes sense to you. To, to pray with Jesus as he does on Thursday night, you know, not my will but yours be done. This is our opportunity. And, and then, of course, this Friday is the, uh, the celebration of Jesus entering into uh, our broken, sinful humanity and taking the worst that we can, can give as, as we. Now, I heard somebody this last week as they were talking about the, the Maccabees, the hammer. Like we, we are the ones that end up picking up the hammer. We end up crucifying Jesus, the Son of God. Yet he extends to us forgiveness. And next Sunday morning, we celebrate that God's love is stronger than our sin, that his grace is greater, that he overpowers sin and death and the devil. These laments, the, these cries of repentance uh, of, of ours don't fall on deaf ears. Okay, God hears our cries of repentance. He does, in fact, help us. He does overcome sin, and he helps us to live a life that looks like Jesus. He's not interested in condemning you or me or anyone else for the ways that we fall short. He is, in fact, interested in liberating us from those sinful habits and attitudes, setting us free. That's why I went ahead and and put the last verses there in your notes from John chapter 3 that remind us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him as we shout Hosanna save us God answers okay I will that's what I'm here to do I'm here to save you 
It might not look the way you want it to look. It might not come as quickly as you want it to come. Uh, there is liberation, but I, I will save you. I will set you free. I do love you. That's why I'm here. Let's bow our heads and let's pray to him before we celebrate communion together. Thank you, God, for the great love you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. You held nothing back, but out of love for us, you gave all of yourself to us in Jesus. You have revealed yourself to us in him. We see your love for us. We are so grateful that when we were your enemies, shaking our fist at you, doing what we wanted with these lives that you've given us, uh, put, putting them in the ditch, God. I mean, just, just making a, a, a wreck of these lives. You did not look for a way to condemn us or to punish us, but instead you came to us to save us, to rescue us, to set us free. So we do cry out, Hosanna, save us, liberate us, help us. Help us, God, to let you be God. <laughs> help us to stop telling you what, we need, what, what needs to happen and instead to just to accept your grace and your love, to let you lead in this relationship, God. Open our eyes so we don't miss you. Help us to see you today. God, there might be some of us that right now, it has been so long since we've thought of you as anything other than an angry God, just looking for a chance to condemn us. Help us instead to see the compassion in your eyes, God. Help us to see the grace. Help us to see the love that you have for us. Help us to be willing to say yes to you. God, you know how easy it is for us to choose a different path. For us to want to take control and do things our own way. To look to some, someone other than you for the one who's going to rescue us. Help us, Jesus. Help us to follow your lead. Help us to look to you and to receive from you the grace, the forgiveness, the strength, the life that you have to give. Even as you call us to a life that looks like yours even as you call us to a life of love. Thank you, God. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for your kindness, for the grace we don't deserve. Thank you that you make it possible for us to live a new life here and now and extending on into eternity, eternal life with you, instead of continuing down the road to, to perishing, the road to death that we'd, that we'd set ourselves on. Thank you, Jesus. Today, God, would you help us to say yes to you? Would you help us to receive your grace and your love and to allow it to transform us the way we think, the way we live here in this world? Thank you, God, that we get to celebrate this love in the sacrament of, of Holy Communion. We offer to you this, these gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Spirit's presence here, we might meet our risen Savior in his body and in his blood remembering, Lord Jesus, the great price that you paid to set us free. It's not the way we would have done it. It's not the path we would have chosen. But you knew, Lord Jesus, that this is what would bring us peace. So thank you. Thank you for loving us.
we offer you ourselves today. Oh, the good, the bad, the ugly. God, we, we confess to you our failures. We confess to you our sins, our need of your forgiveness. And we thank you once again that you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. We thank you for the grace that you offer us in your son, Jesus Christ. Set us free today. Embrace us as your kids. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, the musicians are going to come and, and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. Uh, the way we do that here is I'll be standing up front with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, uh, if you're saying yes to Jesus today, you're invited to, to come forward to take bread from the basket dip it in the juice and eat it, and then return to your seats. We've got the, the, like some little pieces of pita bread. We've got some little gluten-free uh, wafers. And we also have those little uh, individual cups if, uh, if it just kind of weirds you out to be you know, dipping in a cup or whatever. And you just want to take that back to your seat. You can peel it back and get to the bread and peel it back and get to the juice. And, and I can already hear some of you know that they're on your tables as well. And so as we sing, you're, you, can, you can grab them there if, if you'd prefer. Uh, this is for all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today, for all of us who are humbly acknowledging that, <laughs> that we don't get it right all the time, that we need his help. Uh, and if we are hungry for his grace, then we are welcome at his table. So let's sing and let's celebrate today.
Thank you again, God, for the love you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to be willing to follow you, to be willing to pick up our cross, to be your disciple, to live a life that looks like yours, Jesus. God, the only way we can do that is if you will fill us with the spirit of Christ, if you will give us the strength, the wisdom, the courage to live lives of love. This week, this holy week, would you remind us of your great love? Would you sober us with what that love required? so that we might celebrate anew this next Sunday, your victory, the life that you invite us to share. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.